Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is going on? It's your boy, Preston, Fat Samurai Guy, hanging out in the movie dojo with a legend today. That's right. Nate. Nathan Shepka, director, actor, martial artist. He's done it all. Welcome to the show, brother. All right. How's it going? Yeah, man. It's good to have you here, man. I know you're extremely busy promoting that movie, and we're going to get to the movie, baby. That's right. We're going to start locking, and we're going to start loading. We're going to do it. Yes. Oh, yeah. But it's great to have you here, brother. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into it a little bit, but man, how did you uh get into the industry, man? Inspirations and motivations. Um, so I mean, I was always quite a big film fan. Um, you know, growing up, I actually kind of started out making um, you know, home movies if you want to call them that on YouTube, and then eventually uh went into kind of short films, which were I suppose were a bit of a trial run uh, in many ways for doing features. So uh, I did seven short films, and then um kind of 2018, 2019 moved on to feature films. So I've always been um, a big action movie fan. So naturally, that's my kind of go-to genre. But we also do some you know horrors, thrillers, and whatnot in between times just to mix it up. A little bit, yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of that, I mean, well, that's how that's how a lot of uh, extremely talented filmmakers today get their start with short films. You mm -hmm. know, there's nothing wrong with that, and there's some amazing short films out there. You know, but speaking of you know horror thrillers and, and crime thrillers and all that, tell us a little bit about when darkness falls. We got going on here. Look at that poster. That's how you do a poster, baby. Yeah, no, the art, the artwork is quite nice. I can't take credit for that. That was a distributor. But um, uh, yeah, When Darkness Falls was actually a film that um, we shot kind of during the latter half of lockdown in late 2020. Um, and it's sort of based on or inspired by a 1970s British movie called um, And Soon the Darkness, which um, two British girls went on a cycling holiday in rural France. They remade it, I think, uh, I can't remember the year, but it had Carl Orban and uh, Amber Heard in it, so they remade it um, in the States as well. But we kind of flipped that around a bit, and it's two... Um, American girls that go a hiking holiday in um, the Scottish Highlands and one of them um, goes missing. So it's kind of playing into that kind of old-fashioned thriller type thing. It's quite slow burn. Um, it's quite twisty, especially towards the end, and it kind of it kind of builds, um, I think, quite well towards the end. But we wanted to do a bit of a, an old-fashioned pot boiler, and obviously the Scottish Islands provides quite a, an interesting backdrop because um, what we're kind of it's obviously picturesque and beautiful, but um, you know we, we were fascinated with playing with the idea of the total isolation and you know what happened if if you were out there in the middle of nowhere and, and yeah. something went wrong, kind of thing. So copy that man but yeah this looks good this looks good man i'm definitely gonna have to check it out and there's there's my man right there there's there's my brother that's right pulling out the piece uh <laughs> but yeah man that's cool that's that's awesome that you have a uh a plethora of different genres you're playing around with thrillers and crime action and all that kind of stuff martial arts that's what it's all about that's right spreading yeah. your wings man having fun being creative you know, telling your story. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Being a storyteller. But yeah, I definitely have to check this. Where can we watch this? Um, so that's on um, VOD and DVD in the States. So it's on um, Amazon, um, Tubi, Voodoo, um, Peacock, and a few others. Um, and then it's also, it's just been released in the UK. So in the UK, it's on Amazon, Sky Store, 
and we'll have you. Nice. There you go, guys. Everybody watching right now. There we go. T-Virus in the house saying, hello, Fat Samurai guy. Good to see you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. There you go. Oh, you're almost at 30K. Yeah, I appreciate you, the support. Thank you so much, my friend. Yes, the channel's on the rise. We're, we're on the rise. We're working hard. Uh, but it's, what the channel's all about is our love for action movies and martial arts and talking about it and spreading it and getting the word out there. And that's why it's kind of pretty awesome to have this podcast where we could talk to these talented filmmakers like Nate here and uh, we can get into it and spread the word. Now, now, when I saw this movie right here, what? Holiday Monday, baby. Oh, yeah. When I saw this movie right here, which you guys can watch right now, it's actually on Tubi. Uh, this movie made me smile, my friend. It made me smile. And I was kind of like, this is my introduction to you. So when I, when I saw the movie, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I think this guy likes what I like. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting the 80s action vibes and 90s action movie vibes here. Okay. I see what this guy's doing here, man. So, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, uh, Holiday Monday with you and old Colin there. So I got to ask, before we even get into that and then merge it into Lock and Load, uh, what's some of your favorite action movies of the 80s and 90s, man? Oh, um, probably the original Rambo trilogy, uh, yeah. Commando, absolute classic. Um, I like a lot of the Chuck Norris, Charles Bronson canon movies as well, yes. if, you know. Um, yes. I guess uh, Van Damme, you know, Bloodsport, Kickboxer. Um, Seagal was more 90s, uh, some Jackie Chan movies from the 80s, you know, Police Story, yeah, uh, Die yeah. Hard. I mean, the 80s were Predator, actually, the 80s were probably the sort of peak of classic action movies. If you yeah. compare it decade to decade, I would say 80s, maybe 90s, you know, you got Lethal Weapon, there's, there's just so much in there, yes, yeah, there you go. The Predator poster right there, man, representing Predator right there. <laughs> But I was like, I mean, see, we're, we're brothers already. You said Chuck Norris, Charles Bronson, and Canon Films. That's it. We're, 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 we're brothers. Uh, but yeah, I was definitely getting that vibe. I was like, I was definitely enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun, man. And for those of you that are watching right now, here's a little, here's a little slice of Holiday Monday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. I had to give him a little taste, Nate. I had to give him a little taste. <laughs> yeah, but I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I've always, I always champion this. You know, some of the best action movies out there have great villains, you know. And and how many action movies have you seen, Nate, where you, you don't even remember who the villain was? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I always say, I, I mean, it's probably not me that said it. I think it came from somewhere else, but an action movie is only as good as the bad guy. And I think if you do look at any of, like, the classic action movies, like, um, you know, like, like Lethal Weapon, like, um, you know, Die Hard Under Siege, you know, whatever, um, the villains are always really are always really strong. And, I mean, it, even it makes a better Bond movie as well if the Bond villains, um, you know, good, it tends to heighten the movie. So I always yeah. think it's quite important to to give um, to give the audience a good bad guy. And, um, you know, so, I mean, 
personally, I've not played too many of them, but I always kind of say to people, you know, if it's an action movie, go wild with it, do what you want, be a little bit over the top, you know, um, whatever you want to do kind of thing, because it's entertainment at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, very well said. I mean, I mean, especially with the Bond movies. I mean, look at Javier. Everybody remembers Javier from Skyfall. Nobody remembers the villain from Quantum of Solace. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you think around this time of the uh, holiday Monday, you think you you saw yourself improving as a filmmaker and director? Because look at this beautiful shot here of our villain. Uh, did you did you think like you're just getting your you're getting your hands dirty? You're diving in, you know, full force, and you're just like, hey, I'm kind of getting the hang of this. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly uh, Holiday Monday was our first feature, so, uh, you know, it's a little bit rough around the edges. When I look back on it, there's sort of some scenes where you're like, mm, okay, that's that's not bad. And then there's other scenes where, um, you know, they've turned out really well. Some of the actions, um, not bad in it, you know, the shootouts and stuff like that. Um, that was one that... In our mind, because because we do relatively low budget things, you're always trying to put as much money on screen as possible. So, you know, you look for a progression there in terms of production value. And I think even going from um, Holiday Monday into Lock and Load, you know, we wanted the look to be much more... Um, you know, visual, lots of bright colours, uh, have some really nice lighting in there, that sort of teal and orange look. So as we progress, we kind of um, give each film a specific style or look for specific inspirations. All the Monday, we kind of just set out to make a, a kind of colourful look in 80s action movie, which is what Lock and Load is as well. But it, for us, it's always important to kind of have a progression in terms of quality because um, ultimately everyone wants to get better at, at their craft, don't they? Yes, and there was a, that was a, a hell of a progression uh, from Holiday Monday to Log and Load, which we're going to get to in a little bit here. But man, I mean, speaking of rough around the rough around the edges, and you going all in, man, this bump you took in Holiday Monday, man, I was like, holy shit, Nathan's taking the the director's taking bumps, this power bomb through the table and the glass. I was like, oh my goodness, and I love how. You had an alternate camera angle so that we could actually see it was you that took that bump. I mean, was this was this a one take, one and done thing, or did you get slammed several times? No, I mean, so, sometimes we'll do the uh, the repeat angle angle thing, you know, because light commando is that kind of cheesy eighties thing. I mean, it's probably a little bit outdated now, but if you're doing a throwback, but no, that that was a one take thing. And actually, what had happened was the uh, the glass. So obviously, um, sugar glass or um, breakaway glass is made to spec, but it's very expensive. And I was over at a prop store uh, near where I stay, um, and I'm not, I can't remember what I was in there for. I think it was actually breakaway glass bottles, so they keep a, a load of those in stock. But he also said, he's like, we've got this massive um, box just full of these sheets of um, breakaway glass. And he's like, I think they were for a film um, called Sunset Song, which is uh, based on a kind of period novel. And he's like, these were shelves. Um, he's like, but, you know, they, they were left over from production. And I was like... Um, yeah, I'll take them. So I took this huge box because they they usually have springs in them and everything like that. So the the glass sort of levitates in there, um, you know, floats a little bit like your kneecap just in the middle of the box. So it's usually the packaging's huge. But I, I took it and I kept it in storage until I could uh, find something to use it on. And I was like, yeah. So actually, we used it for that. And then there's another bit where um, I'm sort of thrown into the side of what's meant to be like a glacier's van. So it's got um, the the sheets of glass in that as well. 
well. So, you know, I had to use them, but I was like, yeah, I'll take them. No, no problem. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah, let's go, baby. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's one of my favorite moments of the movie, man. Really enjoyed it. Uh, now, when you were when you uh, made Holiday Monday, were you thinking trilogy or you were just like, let's just make Holiday Monday the best that we can with the with the limited resources we have. Let's just do the best we can with it and kick ass and take names. And then you just say, hey, you know what? Holiday Monday did okay. Let's go ahead and sequel it. Or were you thinking trilogy? I mean, I think that. Um... There's, there's certain films that you kind of know that are one and done, so you know if all the characters die in it, or if it's like like when Darkness Falls is a kind of contained story, you would never really do a sequel to something like that, but yeah. um, that's the idea for Holding One, they kind of almost came from um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, whereby you have like an action film, the bulk of which takes place in one day, and the heroes kind of get progressively bloodier, and the action gets a bit bigger towards the end, so as a, as a loose kind of concept, I always thought, oh there's probably Probably, you know, waiting this for for a sequel, and I'd say I'd probably come up with the idea for Lock and Loader, how that was going to play out um, towards the end of uh, post production on Holiday Monday. But it's like anything else, you know, you do um, get ideas for for other, you know, um, installments. So again, I've already kind of got the the third installment pretty much mapped out. And you yes, know, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I, got, I got excited there. I'm sorry about that. Um, and what direction we need to take it in but you know I think sometimes you look at um, a film and you go oh yeah we could make another one of those it's quite a cool idea so yeah nice nice well you've made me a happy man because I was hoping I was hoping to say please please let this be a trilogy come on this is going to get even bigger and better and badder but speaking of bigger and better and badder let's go ahead for everybody watching right now let's go ahead and check out the trailer for lock and load. Let's do it. So what's going on? Stokes is missing. I got a call around ATM. They said they needed him in for an urgent operation. International arms dealer. I found out that Steiger was closing a contract with a terrorist. We both need this deal to be through as safely as possible. Sting operation went south. Stokes went missing. We'll come looking for him. Two cowboys are intent making us a bank holiday to remember. Nice night to die. You first. Thought about moving the target closer. trailer scratch the action itch baby oh yeah oh yeah man and it was such a fun progression starting 
with the first movie going right into lock and load. And I was just like, whoa, we're, we are bigger, better, and badder. Yes, we are. Yes, we are, man. So let's take a look at that again. And uh, by all means, uh, we're going to uh, share your behind the scenes. I know we can't talk spoilers, uh, but because uh, I want you guys to go out and see this movie, everybody watching right now. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll do a little behind the scenes fun. Definitely got to get into it here. Lock and load, man. Let's go ahead and watch this again. So how long did it take to uh, make the film, Nathan? Um, I think we shot for about uh, 22, 23 days. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I always say to um, Tom is a guy that I work with um, fairly regularly, so he wrote When Darkness Falls, but I always say to him, uh, Tom, like, time is is important because, like, um, I know that a lot of people would crank it out in 12, 14 days, but, you know, if you want that, if you want that quality, then it's important to try and take the time and not make it feel rushed. I think we did shoot over a period of a good few months uh, for logistics and, you know, at the sort of indie level, you've got people's availability. Uh, we also kind of had the remnants of COVID um, still sticking around. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think... Um, we managed to kind of keep continuity, not too bad, because that's the other consideration you have to um, you have to take in. And you have to take is that you know the longer a period you shoot it over, you know people lose weight or people dye their hair or you know. So um, we're kind of fortunate that we managed to keep everything on an even keel. Nice, nice. Now, now look, look at look at this. This is the perfect shot right here. Look at Colin right there. Shout, shout out to Colin. Uh, and uh, mi uh, Mr. A uh, Agent Stokes, Graham there. Yeah, shout out to those guys. Uh, how long have you known uh, Colin? Um, so I actually met Colin probably about 10 years ago now. Um, he originally did some stunt work on a short film that I was doing um, called Four Floors, which was about... Um, uh, a girl was being held hostage at the uh, on the fourth floor of a building, and these two guys kind of fight their way through it. Um, so I met Colin on that, who did some stunt work on it, and then I worked with him on another short, uh, and then I got in touch with him about Holy Monday because aside from you know the action stuff, he's got quite a good sensitivity that he can um, and a likability that he that he brings to the part. So yeah. Yeah, you guys have such good such good chemistry, man. <laughs> I mean, that's important. That's important. You know, you want you want the audience to like the like the duo when they go on their adventures. You know what I mean? It's important. Yeah. But what I was impressed with, especially the first film, the uh, the the gun the gunplay, I was really impressed with because usually with smaller budgeted uh, projects, they usually they digitize the the, the flashes and the flares you know, the mm -hmm. muzzle flashes of the guns, or they'll use something that kind of kind of sprays out kind of fireworks type of... Yeah. But you guys did not, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, no, I mean, everything in uh, lock and load certainly was, I think pretty much every single round that was fired was, uh, was you know, it was blank. Um, but we work with a guy called uh, Perry Costello, who's he's the only I think he's the only armorer in Scotland. So, but he does he does um, he does our explosions and special effects, and also the the weapons as well. So he's I've known Perry for about ten years now as well, and he's become quite a close friend. So um, yeah, he's a great resource to have. Um, nice, but yeah, it's nice to see that. You know, it's nice to see that. 
the real deal here. But yeah, it's important, the chemistry, you know, between both characters. And you, you guys play off each other so well. Now, again, what did I say about the first movie, right? Great villain. You got another great villain in this one. Like, I really, like, this guy, you don't want to cross this dude. Like, <laughs> this guy's like, oh, yeah, underestimate me, please. Please <laughs> underestimate me. Uh, yeah, he's almost, he's just, you know, there's a challenge, you know. Uh, this actor you've worked with before, correct? Yeah, so Tony's in uh, When Darkness Falls for a little bit as well. So um, yeah, he plays the sort of uh, disgruntled barman at the at the local pub, the very unhelpful um, barman that just looks upon everyone with disdain. But uh, Tony's got a great voice and a great it's the eyes as well for you know for villainous characters. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, me kind of gets typecast as a villain, but you know if you if you're good at something, then <laughs> you know. Yeah, ain't, uh, nothing wrong, there ain't nothing wrong with it. Where's this location right here? That was an airfield that um I can't remember. I can't remember how I came across that, but it's sort of um out in the middle of the countryside, maybe about half an hour, forty minutes from where I stay. So it's like a privately owned uh, airfield, as it is in the story, um where people will come in and um they'll house their planes in the hangars and then. Uh, yeah go out and fly them but they um they had some filming taking place in there before so all the planes that you see in there some of them had to get dragged out just because um we had to have the center of the floor for filming but all those other planes in there are just owned by um by you know flyers and you know people that people that um rent the space at the airfield yeah great location great location yeah 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 look at those guns look at that look at those that candy you get a lot of candy in your movie sir that's right <laughs> there he is there he is Oh man, there he is, Stokes. <laughs> I think uh, the the warehouse and um, the location where you have your fight at the very end. That's uh, like the, I love those locations, man. Those are so good for for finale fights and action sequences, man. So good. Yeah, they always kind of look. Uh, they always production value wise, you know. I mean, that location basically kind of lights and dresses itself. You know, you've got uh, you've got everything that you need there uh, without bringing in too much. But I always think that those kind of increase the production value a little bit because any kind of bigger budget action movies tend to have a lot of industrial locations in them because they just seem interesting and dangerous. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to be end up end up in those kind of places. You don't know what's around the corner. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, martial arts, uh, did you learn on the fly or you you had a background? What's your martial arts background? I honestly just uh, learned on the fly. Uh, I yeah. mean, Dave that uh, I'm fighting there, he's got, you know, I think most of his life he's done martial arts. So he does everything from, you know, cage fighting to, to you know. Um, you could tell too in this movie. You could tell. What's the way he moves? Yeah, and he's, re he's really skilled with weapons. So, I mean, honestly, my... Um, anything that I know martial arts wise literally I just learned from watching you know Seagal, Van Damme, Chuck Norris you know yeah. I learned to do a sort of 360 by watching Van Damme um, you know the Aikido throws and locks and stuff like that I learned yeah. by watching Seagal so I, I mean I kind of choreograph a lot of the fights as well so it feels second nature to me 
I don't know how I would do in a street fight, you know, if I was up some back alley and uh, someone <laughs> flicked a, a pocket knife on me, I'd probably call an Uber and get the fuck out of there. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but no, but, that's, you know, awesome. that's awesome that you're, you're, you're putting in the work, the effort to learn and get better and better and better. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of some of the best martial arts actors out there learned on the fly. They learned yeah, as I mean, they were, they, well, they you know, and, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Look at that. Oh, in the, in the, in the bread basket. <laughs> oh, that was a pretty good fight. But yeah, all these locations, man, all these locations, especially with, uh, Stokes's fight. And that's what I love about the movie is, uh, everybody has their chance to shine. You know what I mean? Like every, all the all the main characters have their fight, they have their big scene, which yeah. I think is important, you know. But yeah, look at this place. You just be throwing down here. I love, I love, I love uh, your fight, Colin's fight, and and uh, Stokes's fight. Uh, all had different flavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, Stokes was probably a little bit more kind of down and dirty, and then yeah. Colin. Uh, that's actually Colin's cousin, uh, Laura, that he fights in the film that plays the the chess master. So it's got a nice, uh, it's got an interesting dynamic as well. Oh, all right. How fun! How fun! But yeah, this was some good beatdowns. Look at you go, Nathan. <laughs> Look at that drop kick. <laughs> Yeah, this location's great, and and I love the lighting here, man. Was it hard to shoot and light in this area? So I think, um, yeah, I mean, obviously you've kind of got slight inconsistencies, especially in the Scottish weather, where you get four seasons all in the one day, sometimes in the one hour. But actually, I think it stayed fairly consistent throughout this day. So we just um, we let the inside and then kind of let the windows get get blown out. Um, but I'd said to Dave, um, the first fight, because um, we have two in the film, I quite like those little teaser fights, you know, like Dolph Lundgren versus Jet Li in the first Expendables, where it lasts a few seconds, but you know then later on it's got, shit's going to go down down and um, the first one's kind of centered around that the table um and some quirky stuff with the table but then the main fight i said to him i was like look i, I just sort of thought let's just have this in a room almost like an arena you know like it's like it's the the end fight in kickbox or something like that you know no gadgets no props no yeah. um, you know, flying through walls let's just go for something yeah, um yeah. old school mano e mano let's mm -hmm. do it yeah but yeah this is a great Great fight. And yeah, the um does she have a taekwondo background? Because she did a lot of kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lara's background's in taekwondo as far as I know. So yeah, I mean she can uh, kick kick crazy high. Well shout yeah, shout out to Laura, man. She did she did a great job. But this shot here when I was watching the movie, the way she did the kick and the way you filmed the action, I was like, ooh, more of that more of that because it was so good like that like that's just perfect man yeah like, so good and 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 we champion that here on the channel we talk about it all the time here like please just show the goddamn action <laughs> show the action <laughs> stop with the shaky cam stop with the quick cut editing all over the place you know you could just show it you know, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the shaky cam or the quick cuts either, because it always to me just says that you're trying to hide something. I mean, I know that those um that was uh, made popular by like the Bourne movies and whatnot, and those are good movies, and they work for they work for that that 
you know, set of films. But um, to me, I've always kind of preferred the. I know that I know that the Bond movies, you, you feel like you're in the action, but this is obviously a kind of eighties throwback. So doing that style in here wouldn't have worked. Yeah. I prefer just to be able to kind of go wide and show the actors doing, you know, doing it for them themselves. Yeah, no, that that you nailed it. You know, the, no, the Bourne movies are good. The first three are great stories with great characters that can get you through it. But when Paul Green Greengrass took over, uh, it's just because <laughs> the action's filmed pretty good in the first Bourne. But when Paul Greengrass took over, he was trying to do something realistic with the shaky cam, and there's a lot of defenders for that for that time for his style. Uh, but for me, uh, being a martial arts movie fan, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was really frustrating because you're so invested with the characters of the Bourne movies. You're so invested with the story that you're like, the the, the action is the, the bonus. It's like the cherry on top. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, the cherry is covered with little shit. <laughs> it's all right. I'll, I'll eat it, I guess. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, but just show the show the action. There's nothing wrong with being creative creative with the camera work right but yeah. uh still you got to show the the stunt men and women and the martial artists do their thing like that you got to you got to show it and speaking of camera work i was like look at nathan go getting creative man this is what it's all about and the little flair to the fight that is awesome there he is look at him look at him yeah yeah let's go Did you really blow up that house there, <laughs> or was it just like the outside of it there? Yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, and no, obviously the explosives are set pretty close to the door. Um, but that was actually an Airbnb uh, or like a, a holiday rental. We've got a really, really, I, I shouldn't be saying this actually on uh, on a live stream, but we've got a really fine. bad habit of uh, of wrecking those places, you know. Uh, and you go in and you think it's fine, we'll, we'll clear up everything exactly the way it was. Uh, and inevitably, yeah. you never really do. That was on top of a hill, um, that house. And you can actually see the glass. Obviously, the, the front of the house is all glass, but you can actually see it shake when the explosion was all saying it was pretty damn close to, to breaking the window. But um, the problem was the wind ideally would blow away from the house. But as soon as that explosion happened, the wind was coming towards the house. So literally all the debris and whatever flooded straight back into the house. Um, and the whole place was covered inside and out. Um, so we spent quite a long time cleaning it. But it's just it was, it was we even had a fire hose and we're spraying the roof. But uh, yeah, just did not do the job. So yeah, we, we left that in a little bit of a, a little bit of a mess. Film crews will always promise to leave it exactly as it was. Do they ever leave it exactly as it was? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> ah, it's a little bit of cleanup. Yeah. yeah, you guys took care of it. But yeah, I saw the window, uh, the the glass there shake a little bit. But uh, please tell me you've seen John Woo's Hard Boiled. Yeah, oh, yes, I love that film because that's what <laughs> any big, large shootout in a large, gigantic warehouse. I always, rem you know, <laughs> I always think of hard boiled. <laughs> so yeah. definitely getting some hard boiled vibes, especially with you with the with you know uh, one of my favorite characters, Tequila, played mm -hmm. by Chow Yun Fat with the shotgun. So yeah. you were you were getting your Chow Yun Fat on right here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a great shootout. You really um, did a a really good. Everyone really, I know everybody worked hard. 
but you really did a good job of saying, hey, let's let's go ahead and give these people a finale because it's a pretty, uh, you know, lengthy, you know, satisfying finale because you get you get this big, huge warehouse shootouts. Then you get three different, you know, several different ver variations of fight scenes. You really uh, you're spoiling us, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was one of my kind of qualms with uh, direct-to-video movies, probably in the early two thousands. Although still now, kind of direct-to-video action movies, whether or not they had the budget or not, you know, they they always seem to just um, die a death at the end. I always try and open with a bang end with a bang you know especially yeah. on action movies you want to see that final set piece but some of the sort of um you know the Seagal and Van Damme movies that they that they made during the early 2000s you're kind of thinking oh that just kind of fizzled out at the end um and it might have been a, you know a budgetary thing a time restrictions right. whatever but um I think action movies you know again some of the best action movies like Commando and whatnot I mean that set piece at the end of Commando goes on for most of the film it seems like <laughs> but that's kind of what audiences are looking for you know even stuff like um Delta Force with Chuck Norris or Invasion USA. Uh, you know, yeah. again, the 80s action movies were great for having those really um, well put together finales. Yeah. So, and you you want to reward the audience, you know what I mean? For sitting through, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why that's why it's so important, you know. You know, no more action blue balls, uh, action filmmakers <laughs> out there. Okay, come on, <laughs> come on. You know, it's funny with Commando, man. Uh, <laughs> somebody actually said, "Hey." There's a drinking game. Every time Arnold kills someone in that movie, take a shot. I'm like, dude, you're going to die. Okay. <laughs> you're not going to make it, man. Uh, but yeah, just great stuff here. And uh, I love how you brought in the jujitsu. Yeah. Another great location for, for another good fight. Yeah. Now, love that shot. That's the shot right there. That's just great. Guns a blazing. Yeah, so that was about, actually uh, that was actually literally just lifted from uh, the Expendables too. Uh, you know where you have Arnie, um, Stallone, and Bruce Willis. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's still my favorite one out of all of, out of all of them. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's definitely stuff to enjoy in the first one and the third one, but I still have not seen the fourth one. I have not heard good things, Nathan. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, right. like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, Statham, Stallone, Lundgren, the, the whole yeah. lot of them. But uh, the fourth one was just a bit of a mess, to be honest. It was one of those films where you were sort of head in your hands because, I mean, I was sitting there thinking I could have made a better film than that. You know, it's just it was it just did not it missed the mark on pretty much every department. And I don't usually say that. I'll usually try and find something, um, you know, positive to say about a film. But it was just so uh, it's just a mess. Um, yeah, actually, I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like the third one because they did the whole PG-13 thing and brought in. Um, you know, a bunch of new actors, but actually makes the third one look a, a hell of a lot better, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, a lot of people that were shitting shitting on Expendables 3 was like, well, it's not that bad now compared, <laughs> compared to the four. Uh, yeah. plus, plus, the you know, the best thing about 3 is you have a great villain in Mel Gibson. Yeah. He might yeah. be the best villain. Well, Van Damme was great too, so uh, great Van Damme. Who knew Van Damme would play great villains? Who knew? Yeah, I know he, well, he was pretty good in that. I mean, I always thought that he was a bit underrated as an actor. You know, if you're yeah, uh, if you're familiar with all of these films, and um, you know, you watch them, you he's actually pretty, he's actually pretty decent. Yeah, 
For sure, for sure. I mean, obviously, when JCVD came out, everyone that put everyone was like, "Oh shit, he can act." But yeah. us hardcore fans knew that before JCVD <laughs> came out. Uh, but yeah, love this shot. This is what it's all about: getting the gang together, having fun. Uh, you know, bringing us the action, the martial arts. That's right. Let's do this. Lock and load, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, man. So yeah, I'm excited uh, for the third film already. I was like, I gotta ask him. I gotta ask him. <laughs> please, please do another one. Uh, but yeah, just a blast. And uh, you know, especially with you know, you mentioning Lethal Weapon earlier is one of your favorites. It's one of my favorites. Uh, definitely got a little bit of Lethal Weapon vibes going on uh, in the film. Now, favorite Lethal Weapon movie. <sighs> Um, this is probably unheard of, but I would probably put them all pretty much on an even keel. Um, just about. Um, I reckon. I mean, one is a classic. Obviously, it's the kind of one that started yeah. it all. But I mean, in terms of franchise consistency, every installment's pretty damn good. Uh, the fourth yeah. one, I, lo- I know a lot of people, but the fourth one's great. I mean, you've got that it's great um, three-way fight in the rain. You've got Jet Li, um, the the bit in the dentist chair where they're all, um, you know, with the <laughs> that's that's great. Um, obviously, it's not quite as serious as the the others, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I love them all. I'm actually. Um, Hopefully the the fifth one actually materializes because because I think they could do you know something quite dark and gritty. Uh, and yeah. Mel Gibson, I know obviously he's had some problems, but he's done some right. really kind of um, edgy action movies like Blood Father, and it, he's probably the ideal yeah. person to to carry the the torch in terms of directing. So I hope that that comes off because I think that could be quite good. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little scared. But uh, you know, we're, you know, we're you know we're gonna watch it because we're fans. <laughs> Bloodfather. I'm glad you brought that up. Bloodfather's legit. Mm. That is an underrated movie. You know, yeah, more people need to see that movie, man. That was that's yeah. stuff right there. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, lock and load. Definitely, everybody watching right now. Definitely go ahead and, and check it out. That's right. Brandon says so badass. That's right. He's giving it the thumbs up. He's excited about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was an honor to have you here, my friend. And uh, this is your second home. Welcome back. You know, we'll, we'll come. I'm welcome. I'm welcoming him back already. Come on back whenever you get some free time, brother. Talk some more action movies and martial arts. Got to keep the genre strong. And hey, you, uh, maybe do some more horror or action horror. Yes, yeah, so I would got, love to um... see you do an action horror movie, bro. That, I mean, to be fair, is something that I've kind of talked about uh, with Tom. We've got a few ideas in the pipeline. We've got a, a crime thriller coming out next year and another horror film. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, because we love talking horror here as well. So y'all know what you need to do. Check the links in the description box below. That's right. You can follow my boy Nathan on Facebook. That's right. Follow him on his filmmaking journey, getting bigger, better, and badder. That's right. Follow him. And hey, if you guys enjoyed yourself here, don't here. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the old samurai guy. Check out Lock and Load. Uh, before we wrap it up, Nathan, anything you'd like to say to your fans and followers? Um, no, I mean if you if you've not watched it, and um, check out Lock and Load. If you like eighties action movies, uh, then uh, check out Lock and Load. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, it's pretty tongue in cheek, and hopefully, it's got a good payoff at the end if uh, if you sit through it. So yeah, for fans of Commando and such like, um, I think it's probably your movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Lock and Load three. Do you have a title yet, or you can't tease it yet? 
no, I do actually. Yeah, I think we're going to call the third one Hell to Pay. Um, oh, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No one That's steal what... that. We're coming after you. All right. We're coming after you. Nathan has some friends. He knows some guys. We're coming after you. Don't be stealing some shit. Uh, but uh <laughs> Brendan's throwing it up there. He had a good time watching. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, always an honor to have talented filmmakers here in the dojo uh talking movies. So make sure you guys check out Lock and Loads coming out November 7th. Uh, Nathan, don't go anywhere, but I'll see you guys on the next one, baby. Take care. Lock and load, baby. Let's do it.